Welcome to another episode of the Penny and Pops podcast under the MagicBasketballOnline.com name. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. Let's talk Serge Ibaka era. All right, so the NBA draft just concluded uh, on Thursday, and the Magic actually probably made the biggest wave out of any team out there. So, uh, Spencer, my question to you right out the gate is, do you like the uh, Serge Ibaka pickup for the Magic in exchange for Victor Oladipo, Harrison Ilyasova, and the number 11 pick, which became DeMontis Sabonis? I think I do. Uh, I mean, we... We just made the biggest move that our franchise has made in the last four years. Pretty much since the Dwight trade. Yeah. Arguably, as you said, the biggest move of the night on a you know on a national stage, making headlines. I don't know. Uh, I think that it has the possibility to be a good move, and I think you have to respect the fact that we're we're cashing our chips in, and we're trying to make progress, and then we can debate whether it's right or wrong, as we get more evidence in the future. So I absolutely love this trade. Um, I can't believe that I accidentally predicted that that trade would happen, whipping out the trade machine. As I'm far surprised as you're not gloating more than you have been. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just tired this week. I don't know. Um, yeah, we were, I, I was at the draft, uh, at the uh, little draft media party at Amway Center inside the interview room. Didn't leave there till about one thirty. I think I was like the second to, or sorry, third to last guy to leave there. So, um, yeah, it was a packed media room, and you know, it's the first time in quite a few years that the Magic actually didn't have a fan draft watch party, which surprised some fans, um, I'm sure. And maybe we know why. Why? Because they were going to trade the eleventh pick. No but, plans on keeping it. Hey, what kind of food do you get in there last night? So it's the customary uh, Four Rivers annual uh, meal, which is fantastic it's probably it's probably the best meal you can get as far as a magic event goes um, good job magic pr summer league is quite good you will get to enjoy that uh shortly here in the next week or so um but yeah good good four rivers meal um and it was just interesting how how the night unfolded because we really thought i personally thought that the magic were going to keep that draft pick and you know the way it works is, in there is they have the ESPN, um, uh, the ESPN broadcast up on this uh, projector screen, and then on the left hand side of the room is like three TVs. All of them pretty much. Well, one of them was on the ESPN broadcast, but the other two were basically in the uh, Orlando Magic War Room. And if anyone was following me on Twitter. I was uh, getting a little bit uh, snarky and funny as far as just documenting and tweeting out just basically movements that I was seeing in there. Like, oh, my God, Rob Hennigan whipped out a fourth bottle of water in front of him on the desk. What does it mean, you know? It's like Matt Lloyd's texting away and, like, Hennigan's pacing and fixing his pants. Like, what does it all mean? So, And then little did we know that all hell would break loose, basically, that, oh, there was a ton of shit going on. Um you know, and then the other way I was watching, of course, is with my laptop. I'm watch. I'm, I got my tweet deck list open, and I'm keeping an eye on Adrian Wojnarowski of, of Yahoo. I'm keeping an eye on Woj because, for the past couple of years, it's it's an annual tradition now that Woj gets all the picks before any of them get announced. Ten minutes ahead of the. 
telecast. I think at one point he got up to almost 20 minutes in front of people, which is absolutely ridiculous. And at the same time, the man is doing his own live broadcast on Yahoo, which is just absurd. So I, so I'm watching this. Like The ESPN broadcast is at the ninth pick, or hasn't even announced the ninth pick, I don't think. And Woj says that the Magic are getting DeMontis Sabonis, Sabonis number, at number 11. Uh, the big man from from Gonzaga, son of Arvita Sabonis. You and I already talked about him in the in the last uh, draft preview shows. I like Sabonis. I think you like Sabonis. Both would have been happy if we had kept him. Yeah, I, I would have been quite thrilled. And I guess part of the, the the argument could be did the Magic need to include him in in the in the Baca trade? But um, you know, once well, I think we can both agree here. While we while both of us had an eye on him and liked him for the roster. The addition of adding Donatus Sabonis by himself doesn't really move the needle to propel the team, does it? No, because Demonte Sabonis, very talented kid, tough kid. I consider him a rich man's Tyler Hansborough at, at worst. Um, but he's not a shot blocker. He's 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 pretty athletic, but he's not. He doesn't have the athletic frame to be somebody that can be a fantastic defender. He's six ten. His wingspan is six ten. You know, he's not going to block shots. But and so I'm not I'm not too worried about including him in the trade. Now it could come back and bite the Magic in the ass later on, but we'll see. So yeah, once once it was known that the Magic were getting you know Woj tweeted out the Magic were were picking uh, Sabonis at 11, and then a few minutes later I see the the, the tweet coming from Yahoo, the Yahoo guys where it's a trade's in the works and that the Magic traded Oladipo, Ilyasova, and Sabonis to OKC for Ibaka, and my immediate reaction was I was quite thrilled. Anyone that's been following some of the pieces I've been writing on MagicBasketballOnline.com knows that I have not been the biggest Victor Oladipo supporter. I wouldn't consider myself a hater, but I've not been the biggest Victor Oladipo supporter. I've, I've said that Evan Fournier seems to be the better overall option, especially late in games than Oladipo when it comes to just having the ball in his hands and making decisions. And when I saw that trade, I was quite happy. But to my surprise, Magic fans were quite, quite furious. Um, a lot of Twitter accounts from Magic uh, Media were getting just hazed with like hate tweets from from fans. And you know, I mean, what, what was what you know? You, you've already said that you're not sure if the trade's going to be good or not. But what was your immediate reaction when you heard about the trade? I like I say, I think I'm happy. To roll the dice is better than to sit there and not make a move at all. And we, I, we both like Victor Oladipo, a great community member, good player. But yeah, he the Magic gave him every opportunity to kind of ascend and take that next step and become an alpha. Yeah, They started him at point guard his rookie <laughs> season to give him some run there. They started him at shooting guard to give him some run there to try and find a comfort level. They played him with Fournier. They played him with Peyton. They just couldn't seem to find a way to get him to take that next step and elevate his game to become the lead guy. That's what they wanted him to be. That's what Oladipo wants to be. But it just didn't happen. So if it's not going to happen here and we can get somebody that fills a need... I think I, I kind of want to talk about the logistics of what, you know, the positives of the trade. We filled a need that there was no guarantee that we could have filled in free agency. Oh, yeah, absolutely. On the basis of the fact that 
our track record for the last four years is not attractive to sign people when there's no differentiator in terms of what we're able to pay them. Everyone has cap space, right? Yeah, I agree. So Um, we're taking the Detroit method of we're, you know, trading for somebody to acquire their bird rights to pay them more money than we could on the open market to bid against other people. And then that's how you lock up people who otherwise may not choose to come to Orlando. And like we say... You talk about defensive interior and anchor and perfect complement for Vucevic, and you just found that all in one guy. Yeah, and I think kind of after the draft when Hennigan and Vogel kind of talked to, to the media, Hennigan kind of alluded that, I mean, they've, they've, they've been looking at Ibaka for, for a while as far as just guys that, the type of athletes that they would love as far as defense goes. And look, like Victor, Ibaka's going to be a free agent in 2017. The Magic very well could have just waited until 2017 to go after him, but they felt that now's the time to go after him. And with Frank Vogel coming in, and then I guess this might have been a slight fuck you to Scott Skiles, I don't know, but they got the defensive force that I'm sure uh, Skiles was clamoring for. Um, and it was – I'm, I'm a little surprised that Magic that a lot of Magic fans hate the trade, and you kind of mentioned it, Vic – for the most part, it was kind of the face of the team, um, the face and, of a team that was not winning much. But quite frankly, there's been so much roster turnover that it's hard to build an attachment to players, and fans have grown accustomed to Oladipo's smiling face being around. It's a comfort level, too, right? Yeah, and yeah, and I guess a lot of people have a lot of Oladipo gear, which I've kind of learned my lesson from the Dwight years is don't buy any player merchandise anymore. Um, just keep it, keep, and, and, and I'm mostly a team first guy, but I mean, I have my favorites. People have their favorites. I mean, you, you, at the end of the day, I, I want what's best for the team. And this deal is best for the team because look, I'm sure that even though Ibaka is going to be an unrestricted free agent in 2017, I'm sure that a, there had to have been some type of feelers that, Hey, if Ibaka has a great season, you know, if we give him the max or if we give him a ton of money to stay here long-term, you know, would that appease him? And clearly the answer had been yes from either Ibaka or Ibaka's people, you know. And there is that history of Hennigan was part of the crew that helped scout Ibaka at Oklahoma City. Um, he has a past relationship, which he downplayed a lot in the in the post-draft conference. But, you know, once Ibaka flies in and gets introduced by the team, maybe, you know, it'll open up a little bit more about that. Um, but, yeah, I think Magic fans were just so – so tied to Victor, and also, unfortunately, they're uh, they're also being influenced by the national media, who, who for the most part, no offense to a lot of national media folks, don't watch this Magic team. They know very little about some of these Magic pieces, and how this Magic team has performed over the last four years. Um, you know, a lot of people are immediately like raving, like, "Oh, Oklahoma City got a steal or whatever." Well, not really. I mean, look, the Magic got rid of Ersan Ilyasova completely, whereas if ha- if they had not traded him away, they would have bought him out for $400,000 and let the other $8 million walk by the wayside. You know, you know, get your hands clean. Right. That. And then Sabonis, you know, he's going to be a great bench player. I don't anticipate him being a starter anytime soon, but, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, he's he's got the potential to be a very good player, but Rob Hennigan doesn't have time for potential. The Magic don't have time for potential, and – the opportunity came to pounce to where, you know, they're going to get rid of Oladipo because maybe they thought that, one, Oladipo didn't want to be here, or two, 
Oladipo didn't want to accept a, a third or fourth option role. Or in in the in the case of Scouse's era, you know, putting him on the bench as a sixth man. You saw how pissed off Vic was when he was coming off the bench. I saw how angry he was in the locker room. Even though he kept himself relatively composed, he was seething. He, he did not want to come off the bench. And I think that's where you get kind of the advantage of Fournier over Oladipo because Fournier just wants to play. I mean, his idol, you know, he, he, he has huge respect for Manu Ginobili. Manu Ginobili started a lot of games. He also came off the bench for a lot of games. And so I got no problem giving Evan Fournier near max money or the max money to keep him around. Clearly the team doesn't either. That's why this decision was made. It would take something outrageous for them to not re-sign Fournier at this point. And Well, look, it was reported during private meetings over the course of last season <clears throat> that Hennigan had grouped Evan Fournier in his first tier of cornerstone pieces and that Oladipo was in tier two. So the trade evidently <laughs> means that those meetings were accurate and that that's how he actually felt. And we talked about there are a lot of good qualities that Oladipo had for sure, but he certainly had his faults, and that included not only late-game decision-making, but also shot selection and taking care of the basketball, where those are things that, if you're not improving, the team can only ascend to a certain height. You know, And the trade's not without risk on the other, on the other end of the spectrum, too. Look, Ibaka's numbers have been in decline the last couple of years. How much of that is attributable to the emergence of Steven Adams? How much of that is wear and tear and age? I mean, a lot of that was they changed his game up, too. I mean, he's, he, he shot a lot of three-pointers. I think this season, even though he shot 32.6% from three, he shot more three-pointers than points in, inside the three-point line. So, I mean, that right there tells you that I think that Oklahoma City was asking too much of, of Serge as far as shoot, you know, being a, an outside shooter because, I mean, you look at the year before, he was shooting – 37.6% from three-point range, which is, that's fantastic. That's right. better than, like, Aaron Gordon and a couple other guys right there. So, And I want to address real quick a couple, you know, you see fan concerns that we're trading for Ibaka, who has one year left, and then let's say he has a good year, and they go, okay, now we have to re-sign him to a, you know, $28 million season deal or whatever it ends up being. If he justifies himself as being worth the new TV money max deal, then it's good for us. Yeah. And if he plays well enough that we have to give him a max contract to keep him, well, look, we have to we have to give somebody a max contract. Every team has to get up to the salary floor yeah. the next year and the year after. But at the end of the day, the Magic need to they got to tie their cart to you know they got to choose somebody, so why not Abaka, who's entering his prime? Yeah, he's, uh, he's 26 years old. He doesn't turn 27 until September, basically. And you're going to sign him to a four-year contract. So that's right through his physical peak and in the prime of his career. If you're going to, you know, if you're going to commit to somebody, why not commit to somebody who has a proven track record, who's done it in the playoffs, and presumably is the best front court complement to the player that you already have locked up on a bargain contract. Yeah, he I mean he he still he still has that form of a three-time uh all defensive first team player. I mean, you look at the playoffs, his playoff numbers were actually a lot better than his regular season numbers this year and that was going up against some really quality teams in in the Spurs and Golden State yeah. and I mean, you look at his at Serge's playoff numbers; it was ridiculous. I mean, the guy av- averaged, uh, you know, he went from thirty two point six percent three point shooting in the regular season, all the way up to forty four point nine percent in the postseason. And I mean, it's 
that's fantastic. He was shooting almost two attempts per game. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's right up his alley as far as being able to spread the floor for a guy like Bucevic, being able to spread the floor for a few other guys. Um, you know, I'm not worried about his blocking numbers going down. You know, he, he led the league a few times, both in the postseason and in the regular season throughout his, you know, seven-year run with Oklahoma City. And I think he can get that form back because the reason those numbers dropped was he had to go out on the perimeter a lot. He's He was you look at the Golden State series, right. he's guarding Steph Curry and Klay Thompson on switches all the time. And he held his own pretty well. There's a reason why that series went as long as that series went, because Ibaka played a huge role. He had a great game in every game of that Golden State series except game two. I mean, he's he's putting up points-wise. He's putting up 13, 14, 17, 16 points. He's, put, he's racking up nine, eight rebounds. He's getting a few blocks here and there. I mean, he, he did what he was asked to do. And I think Ibaka is going to be fantastic here, and I just don't understand why Magic fans are hating on it. I don't understand why people are saying, oh, the Magic are abandoning the rebuild or the rebuild failed. No, the whole point of a rebuild is you, you, you know, you're going to suck for a few years, so get as many young assets or as many great assets as you can. And then push the chips in and make a move, Yeah, and that's what we did. And people were calling out Hennigan for not making a big move or whatnot. Well, he makes a big move, and people are going to shit on him for it? Come on now. Be realistic. So let's bookend this discussion on this trade. I think as we uh, progress into next year and years to come, the winner and loser will be determined upon whether or not Victor Oladipo takes that next step. And and I think it's possible that he could still emerge, you know, following the trade as a man scorned and have a determined work ethic, which he already does. Look, yeah, he's, no. he's a gym rat. Yeah, he's got right? a good he works work on ethic. His game. It's never been it's, his issue. It's a possibility that he could go to Oklahoma City and emerge as a real consistent force in this league. I don't think it's likely. What do you think? I mean... Look, I could see him going more of a Tony Allen route than a Dwayne Wade route at this point as far as, look, as long as, long as Durant and Westbrook are on that team, and Durant is a free agent right now, um, you know, Oladipo is going to be the third man, and he's going to benefit from those two guys. Let's be honest. He's going to get a lot of open shots. I mean, you look at Deion Waiters was serviceable for Oklahoma City. Oladipo's way better than Waiters. There's no debating that. Right. You know, when you look at Roberson or Robertson, however That's you agreed. want to say his last name, yeah. he emerged in that Golden State series. There's no reason why Oladipo can't do something similar to what he did, you know, uh, to what Roberson did under Billy Donovan. Um, you know, I, I don't think he's going he's gonna to raise his scoring average. I, don't, I mean, he averaged 16 points per game this year. I don't think that's going up. I think it's going to probably settle around 14, 15, which for what Oklahoma City needs to maybe make that step to get to the finals, that might be adequate. And look, if Vic, if Vic keeps his shit together like we, we've seen him do in the past as far as work ethic goes, that team could be very good as long as that front court holds up because right now there's a lot of pressure now on Steven Adams and Ennis Cantor to hold it down. And Ibaka unfortunately suffered, for whether it was justified or not, we're going to find out. I don't know. But I think that Golden State, I mean, look, he still played like 30-something, 40-minute games. I mean, let's not pretend that he he didn't get, you know, a whole bunch of playing time in those series or whatnot this year under under Donovan. But, I mean, I think, I think Ibaka is going to be a fantastic, fantastic player here. I think it solidifies Vucevic will be the starting center next season. Um, and I think that it's going to leave really as far if the Magic need to improve anywhere now as far as starting lineups go, 
you know, I trust Alfred Payton a lot at point guard. I think the Magic now can look at maybe a wing position because you can have Mario Hazonia and Aaron Gordon coming off the bench instead of forcing those two to start when they still got time on their side. Aaron Gordon doesn't turn 21 years old till September. Mario Hazonia is like the same age right now. So. Right. A lot of youth on the roster still, even though we traded away one young asset. My final thought on the trade, I think, you look at the Hollinger projected win-loss numbers, I think that it showed you know, the Magic are lost four wins and mm. Oklahoma City gained four. Which and I, call, I, think, I call bullshit on that. I think, to me, yeah, I think we gave up more talent than is coming in, but we got better talent to fit our needs. And I think this, look, Sabonis is the cost of doing business. I don't count that. You're yeah, not going to no, count no, anything. Okay, that's the cost of doing business. Because if he's we, still he's not a proven commodity either. If we get Serge Ibaka, let's say from the even the last two years, his numbers had declined. If we get Oklahoma City Serge Ibaka, count last two years' numbers, project him forward for the next four years, and Oklahoma City gets this version of Victor Oladipo, we win this trade. Yeah, the Magic win the trade. I don't doubt. Like even if if Ibaka goes from twelve points per game for ten, I don't give a shit. Right. If he's if he's swatting two, three shots per game, that's all you want. If he's getting his eight boards and keeping less pressure off of Vooch on both ends, that's a win right there. That's why they're not playing the games on paper, and that's why, as of today, our roster's better constructed team-wise to win basketball games than it was 24 hours and ago. I'll go further. If the Magic were to somehow keep this roster pretty much intact the way it is, I think this team's a playoff team right now without adding much more right now at this point. I that's, don't know. Uh, that's curious. Because I think Ibaka on his own, look, the Magic were 35 and 47. What would you need to get in the playoffs? 40 wins? Right. I think Ibaka alone gets you five extra wins, I think. Because there were a lot of games that Oladipo just flat out fucked up late. He might have won one or two games, but he lost like five, six, or seven more on the other end, I feel like. And so, you know, people are saying, oh, Oladipo is a great defender or whatnot. I mean, he's he's good in moments. He's not the most solid defender, and maybe, you know, with a, with a year in Oklahoma City system, maybe he'll get better. I don't know, but I mean, I, I think the I think I, you're right, and I'm very confident that the Magic so far will have won this trade. And look, we're gonna see next year if and if the if the Thunder keep Oladipo long term, or if the Magic keep Ibaka long term, we're gonna find out. We're gonna see. You know, will the Magic be in the playoffs? If so, this is a winning trade right here. Yeah. If the Thunder get to the finals next year, then it's a very good trade for them as well because they have to get to the finals. That's what they're building up to. The other, what is it, 100 games previous to the finals, to getting to the finals, don't matter to them at this point. They have a lot of pressure. The Magic just need to get in the playoffs, and this Abaka trade gets that done, I think, right now, and you still have about forty-five million in cap space to throw at people. A really, just really quickly, a really ballsy move by Sam Presti when you're uh, an otherworldly Clay Thompson performance away from going to the finals to retool your roster that much. It's a, you know, that's a real, that's a real risk they're taking. I, but that I, trade is yeah. not the only thing the Magic did last night. Do you want to touch on the? Second round activity. Yeah, I, yeah. So for the so once all the chaos of eleven settled down, and I saw a whole bunch of international guys getting drafted in the first round. Shout out to Yoros Papianis going thirteen. Woo. Way to go! Um, you know the Magic were at forty one. Decided to draft uh, Steven Zimmerman from uh, from a UNLV. No, uh, 
you're not a big fan of him, even though he is a lucky lefty. I, you, um, he's got a really I, bad elbow, though. Yeah, you know I like my left-handers. I feel like I'm a crafty lefty on the court, but this guy uh, has absolutely no right hand, in part because his right arm doesn't fully extend. He cannot use it in the paint. He cannot shoot a right-handed jump hook to get separation in the paint. He sure as shit can't hold himself up against post play. Either. He weighs about 85 pounds. He's 7 feet tall. He weighs less than 100 pounds. I don't even know how he's walking upright. This guy is the skinniest, whitest, trashiest guy. I mean, well, this he's guy, look, on the last this one. Guy, this guy, there's no chance in the world that he ever makes a meaningful contribution to the Magic ever. I'll say that right now, and I hope he does. Hey, you, you have to watch him for a week. Man, so. the, the, I can't, <laughs> I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to look at the other nine players on the floor. Was so, but the cool thing is that the, the draft went so uh, you know opposite the script that we took a chance. We took a flyer on a guy at 41. Then we sold 47. Got some money to create some extra flexibility. Yeah, they got $1.2 million, which it doesn't count against the salary cap. That's just for operating expenses, right. basically. It's probably to offset some of the buyout money they gave Scott Skiles. Right. I don't know. And maybe it's to pay for buyouts, but it gives us flexibility to go hunt down some of those undrafted guys. And there were a lot of names that went undrafted where you can give them an extra financial incentive to come in and take a, a real long look at them and see what they're like in your system day in and day out. Yeah, I think right now, and the list is going to grow. I mean, as of this podcast, though, for, for Magic Summer League, I've got a couple guys down. Uh, Danilo Nikolic, he was like the very first guy that was announced back in like May, not by the Magic, but by European folks over there. Um, he's a Megalix guy, um, like Timothy Luawu and a couple other of those guys that got picked. Uh, Okaro White, playing in, it was playing in Greece. Right. He's going to come over. Uh, Talib Zana maybe is coming over. I think a French uh, report came out with that, that he might be coming over. But um, very familiar name, Alex Poitras, Kentucky guy. I mean, that's that's a pretty good uh, that's a pretty good name that you can examine. And then you got a couple other names, Patricio Gar- Garino, and then um, James Siakam, whose brother got drafted uh, last night. So, I mean, then the names are going to start rolling in because the Magic have two teams. They have a, right. a blue summer league team and a white summer league team. And, you know, back to Zimmerman, I I want to give him a legitimate chance just because, look, he's going to get pushed around in the post, no doubt about it. But he's he had a lot of lot of accolades in high school. He's a huge winner as far as for four years he was a champion in high school. And I don't know what type of competition he went up against there, but he, he, he clearly did some winning, and you can't be a scrub in that situation when you're leading a team. Right. Look, he was um, a McDonald's All-American. I'm just saying... If you're not Zach Randolph with a big fat ass in the post, then you're not going to be able to survive in the NBA if you have no right hand whatsoever. But I mean, he he's got some grit to him. He's got he, he's got a little bit of offensive post move with his one good hand. Um, you know, he's he he can shot he blocks some shots. I think he only got averaged like .8 blocks per game. But I mean, he was injured a whole bunch at UNLV, and so look, I think the Magic. They're not expecting much from him, but if he becomes something, then you got a backup or a third string center right there. Right. So, I mean, it was low risk, potential high reward, maybe with this guy. I mean, he's a legit seven footer. Maybe if you put him in a good uh, weight training program, maybe the elbow problems go away. 
who knows if we still had joe rogowski then i'd hold hope <laughs> yeah really um but but look hey from me to you steven zimmerman best of luck with your career Good yeah luck. and like i said spencer you got to watch him play at that summer league so be nice um yeah, and it, I'll be curious to see when the Magic completely fill out their coaching staff as well. Um, you know, Chad Forshear was supposedly hidden somewhere in the draft room last night in the war room. His name tag was could be seen in one of the pictures that Magic released. So I am, I'm sure he'll be announced with the rest of the coaching staff soon. Um, you know, I, 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 I kind of want to go back to how pissed off is Scott Skiles, to be honest, because he he walked away – you know, from a situation that he, I guess he must have thought could not have gotten much better, and now he's got an actual defensive presence in Ibaka right there where, you know, a lot of the issue was Alfred Payton, Alfred Payton, Alfred Payton, but to be honest, he was more worried about the defense at that point. Um, Clearly he would have loved to have coached Ibaka, but I think, and it's one of the things that you loved about Skiles when he was a player, is that he's such a prideful son of a bitch that the day that he walked away from the job, I guarantee you he hasn't thought about the magic a single second since he stepped out of the Amway Center. Yeah, so, and then um, kind of circling back, part of part of the trade, obviously, with, for, with Ibaka and Oladipo was that 11th pick, and it's, there, it's rumored that the magic actually didn't know who Oklahoma City wanted at 11. They kind of took a shot in the dark and got Sabonis, and it ended up being that that's who they really you know, preferred. Um, you know, looking back, you see Deontay Davis plummeted to 31. I thought it was going to be between him and Sabonis and maybe Timothy Luawu. I don't know, but, um, you know, it's, again, he's not a proven commodity as Sabonis. You can't, he's just part of getting business done at this point. Cost of doing business. And so, uh, you know, at 47, you mentioned that the Magic did get some money from Portland. They also got a 2019 future second round pick, so... Whether that becomes anything doesn't really matter right. at this point. It's just part of the, the transaction. I think, again, Rob Hennigan made a statement that we want to make the playoffs this year. You know, this doesn't mean the rebuild failed, you know, even though the it's Magic— It's the next step in the, in the process, right? And, you know, people are still freaking out about Tobias Harris being dealt away for, for nothing. No, look, the Magic were looking to trade him when as soon as it was possible for them to trade him back in December with her— they were maybe they should have gotten maybe they could have gotten a few better assets in return maybe but they wanted to push the reset button they felt they can do a lot better with with the free salary cap uh, well, that they have I think by all accounts too to talk about Tobias I don't think they wanted to re-sign Tobias to be a player they they wanted to re-sign Tobias Harris because if they didn't then they're losing an asset with nothing coming back so you I mean you can talk about value in terms of trading him away for something more but clearly moving him was supposed to be addition by subtraction and the goal was flexibility and that goal was obtained and achieved okay so quick question for you before we go into free agency a little bit here um if if the team is is the way it is right now who do you want as your starting five i i will tell you mine mine i'm alfred uh fournier shooting guard aaron gordon at small forward Ibaka, power forward, Vucevic center. I don't know if you agree or disagree. Yeah, we're going to jump into free agency here. And I, before I give you my starting lineup, I'm going to tell you, you know, you called a trade correctly yesterday before it happened. I did. And I'm going to throw my hat in the ring to try and call the next trade correctly. Okay. And I feel like 
I feel like Vucevic is going to be on the move. No, come I on, do. man. Oh, I do. I'm going to be. I'm going to be really pissed off. I, I'm going to be very furious. I, and I would. I would like for it to be a Jay Crowder package. Take him, send him to Boston. But I, don't, I think. I don't think gonna, Boston has interest in him. Though. I That's think the what's going to happen is Hassan Whiteside's going to go elsewhere, and Miami's going to be looking for a five. Oh God. And we're going to end up with Luol Deng. Well, I think we're going to end up with Luol. I think that's a very good free agent opportunity right there. Um, you know, we're... I think we're going to trade Vucevic for Luol Deng. No, we're not trading. No, there's, so. no, they're not. Yep. We're not making a trade with Miami. I yeah. will. I will guarantee we're not trading with Miami this offseason. I, off I guarantee you that we traded with Miami last offseason. But that was for Napier. And we got Napier for basically nothing. Look, front offices build relationships with other front offices that they're comfortable dealing with. Yeah, but Frank Vogel and Spolster technically don't like each other. Vucevic has played some of his best games against the Miami Heat. Exactly. 2020s. They know what they're getting. They're not sure if Chris Bosh is going to be healthy. They need a big if Hassan Whiteside doesn't re-sign. I'm just saying. You're killing me, man. I'm putting it out there. You're, you're killing I'm me. I'm not. I'm not trading Vooch, man. Not not with not without getting back a bona fide like superstar or star. Look, like to, I'm that high on. Look Vooch. to answer your question real quick. Uh, Peyton, Hazonia, Fournier, Abaka, and Vucevic is my starting five as we're currently constructed. But I have a couple of free agent hot takes. Okay, so uh, quick question now. Uh, look. Oladipo, there's kind of that history where he's a DC guy. Kevin Durant's a DC guy. Uh, you know, the Oklahoma City Thunder were looking to to trade up and get Oladipo in the draft back in 2013. A very weak draft that literally there's only three other good guys in that draft: the Adetokounmpo, Gobert, and Stephen Adams. That's about it. Right. You know, you could slot Oladipo no worse than fourth in that draft. I don't think. Um, and so. Do you think, though, that the Magic go, getting Ibaka, do you think it gives them a better opportunity or a worse opportunity of actually at least talking to him in free agency come, come July 1st? So I think... Pre- I'm not saying they're right. going to get him. It's, still, it's a very minute, minute chance. I think previously, Kevin Durant does not take the call. And now I think he answers the call and says, uh, thanks, but no thanks. Please don't come visit me in L.A. or the Hamptons. See, I think they're going to visit him in L.A. I think, they're, I think as, a courtesy, as a common courtesy to Rob Hennigan, I think kind of like what Paul Millsap did last year, Durant's going to say, okay, you guys can come to L.A. I'll talk to you for like five minutes. Let's, let's do that. And I, I, no. think, I, I think it's going to be possible. I, I really do. I, I no. We'll, we'll find out, you know. Hey, I'll, I'll be I'll be in Greece during this, so right. we'll, we'll see. But uh, I'm happy to put a wager on whether or not the Magic get time in a face to face with Durant. All right. So before we get into other teams' free agents, uh, I kind of want to go down the list of the Magic's free agents. Who sure. you want to keep? Who you know? Who who are going to be sent out the door? Obviously, number one guy, Evan Fournier. I think the most he can make is twenty two, twenty two and a half million. If the whoever tries to sign him, um, the Magic have his bird rights, so he's restricted. So the Magic can match any offer if need be. Um, push come to sh- so what? What's I don't want to tell you what's a good, what's a good right. price because the market dictates that that price is way too low for what these guys are going to get. So. Let's make this cut and dry right here on this podcast. Number one, Evan Fournier will get maxed. And number two, Evan Fournier will get matched. There's no way around it now. Yeah, I yeah I think the Magic have kind of made it clear, and 
that that's going to happen um, as far as them doing whatever it takes to retain him. I actually don't think he's going to get the full max. I think someone's going to give him like twenty. If you're if you're talking about him signing a, a an offer sheet as a restricted free agent, the Magic have tipped their hand now by <laughs> by trading Oladipo away. In that we have no. We have no leverage. Yeah, so you got. I mean, yeah. you got. You got to. It's going to be. You're paying for Fournier. It's and you're probably going to. Yeah, it's probably okay. So who's the team that that gives the double fingers to to? And again, I'm going to say it's going to be Brooklyn that does it. <laughs> I think Brooklyn's going to throw the max at, at Fournier, and it's just like here you go, twenty two and a half million. And maybe Philadelphia. I don't know. Yeah, and I don't know what what they're doing now as far as Brian Colangelo and and all the stuff he's doing there. But uh, you know, Sam Hinkie's ghost was hovering around <laughs> the draft that night. Um, all right, so yeah, I think Fournier, no matter what, the Magic are keeping him. Um, let's see. Let's go to Brandon Jennings. Brandon Jennings, you know, he was the other guy along with Ilyasova that the Magic picked up from the Tobias Harris trade. He made $8.3 million this this past season. He's a free agent straight through. Um, do you bring him back? If so, what do you offer him? Yeah, unfortunately for him, Man, he looked great before he went down with the Achilles injury. He was playing really well under Stan Van Gundy the first half yeah. of last season. Didn't he have like a 20-20 game against I mean, the Magic last year? Play, well, or two years ago? Well, last year before the trade, he had a really good game off the bench where he basically shot lights out too. Um, you you wrote a really great piece uh, as a season recap on his performance on the website. He's a shooting – I mean, he he's a playmaker, but he's a shooter – and he didn't shoot worth shit. Yeah, so the, he was to, awful. to me, thanks for your half year of service and, and good luck to you. Yeah, I think the fact that C.J. Watson is under contract for $5 million for at least one more season, I think that's that's enough to say bye-bye to Jennings. And then, you know, we can talk about who the Magic could look at as far as a third point guard goes, but it's going to be someone better than Jennings, yeah. I think. So I'm going to say bye-bye to Brandon Jennings. Uh, let's do let's do Jason Smith. Jason Smith made signed for one year, four point three million dollars. I told you about a month ago that his agent should be fired if he doesn't get like eight point six million per season, yeah. double up. Um, do you think the Magic try to retain him? You know, especially since Dwayne Dedman is the other free agent center. Um, and I'll, I'll mention Dwayne Dedman's contract. Dwayne Dedman made less than a million last season, right. so. That man's about to get paid at least five times what he made last season. So, you know, I guess it's do you do you pick one of the two? Do you pick neither of the two? Yeah, I think you pick one, and unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how he looks at it. Look, Jason Smith played his ass off last year. And he, he, he shot it wonderfully. He played himself into a contract, and I think he played himself out of Orlando in terms of price range and budget. The, look, you got to renounce him right to clear some money, and. Dwayne Dedman is the more attainable person to bring back, and and the more economical right, option. safety valve as a third big or fourth big. And look, Jason Smith is thirty years old. He's he's going to probably make it onto a playoff team probably this this off season. I'm not worried about his future as far as him being on a good team. It's just his his price tag is going to be too rich for the Magic. Yeah. So, hell of a year. Some great block shots. Congratulations, you got a big raise. Yeah, it won't be in Orlando though. I don't think. No. Um, yeah, what do you think the price tag is going to be on Deadman? Do you think that they can keep him for six mil, seven mil? Do you think that he? Because here's the thing: Skiles played him fewer minutes than he got, I think, any other time during the Jacques Vaughn, uh, James Borrego era. I think he only played like twelve minutes per right. game. So, you know, look to me if he if he got more than 
six million over two years, I'd be surprised. Yeah, I, I think five six is right in the ballpark, and I think that's good good value for what he can do. He's still developing. That's the crazy. I mean, he's he's twenty six years old, but he's still developing because he started basketball at such a young age or such a late age, right. basically. And so, you know, he's he's a. We know he can block shots. We know he can dunk like few people can. He's one of the fastest seven footers I've seen in the NBA in a while. And I think that the Magic should look to bring back Deadman. Um, while at the same time, I think maybe looking at another free agent big. Uh, the other big man to look at is Andrew Nicholson. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I feel very bad for how his uh, his tenure has worked out here. Um, you know, he he made two point three eight million last season. And do you think the Magic look at keeping him, or do they cut ties with him immediately so that they can clear a little bit of cap space? Right. Well, suddenly the front court has become a logjam now, and part of Andrew Nicholson's expanding game has been the three-point shot, and maybe you're turning him into a stretch five. Well, now now you've got Abaka that's taking minutes in front of him at four and five. You know Aaron Gordon's going to play a lot of power forward still. I honestly, if Andrew Nicholson wanted to return, I would think he was crazy just based on how we've treated him over the over his entire career. Yeah, absolutely. I run far, far away from here, Andrew. I yeah. think he can make. I wouldn't be shocked if like a team like the Spurs went to go get him or something with like David West probably walking out the door. Maybe yeah. I think Nicholson there, or like Memphis or hell even Toronto, depending on what their front court situation is. He still has. I would say he still has some untapped potential. Oh, absolutely. And and I think he needs. Definitely Desperately, a change of scenery. Yeah, I, I think I'd love to keep him here, but it's I, I would just run far away if I'm him, the way he's been treated. Um, and the only other guy I'll bring up, even though he's technically not a free agent, his contract doesn't get guaranteed until a few weeks from now, would be Devin Marble. Devin Marble next year would make about $980,000. Do you think the Magic keep him around because maybe roster spots need to be filled or do you think that the magic feel like they can get somebody even cheaper from summer league or, or elsewhere and they cut ties with Devin marble after two years yeah to me i think his his time as a magic man is done unfortunately when you're a very late second round pick you get two years if you're lucky to prove yourself and he had a couple of moments here and there, you know, like a steal in crunch time and stuff like that. But Yeah, that Miami game, I'm not going to forget, where he's just diving in right? front of the ball. And but like... he, he just didn't, you know, presumably, he just didn't progress enough. And much like uh, real life, when there's another crop of fresh graduates coming out with bachelor degrees trying to get their entry-level job, I think there are more attractive younger candidates that can come in and fill that 14th, 15th roster spot. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I, I'm hopeful that he'll get at least a chance in like summer league first, but I, I just don't see it happening as far as him sticking around very long. So I wish Devin best of luck. It sucks because he, he had that eye surgery for right. the detached retina. He, uh, you know, he, he, he spent a year getting used to those, the, the, the eyewear that he had to wear, but you know, he was a great shooter in college, but that shooting just has not translated over to the NBA no. and it's just the magic would, I think be doing themselves a disservice unless, you know, by keeping him, unless somehow marble like miraculously just goes off, right. um, in, in summer league or whatnot, if they keep him. So, all right. So what's the first realistic, uh, or maybe not so realistic, uh, free agent that you think the Magic should really look at, at at acquiring? Like, what's the number one, I guess, need or position that you think the Magic need to fill? So it's funny. We went into the draft talking about front court, front court, front court, and, and we filled it. And now we're okay. I so mean, we need a we need a wing player for sure. 
I think the one player that fans are going to want to look at is Chandler Parsons. I don't want him. We have our sources that the Magic are very, very wary of, right. of his situation. Of his injury have, situation. Yeah, he's had two major surgeries. There's kind of a debate of, as far as do they like his attitude, I guess, There's, as a character. There are definitely some character concerns that we're privy to that probably can't be shared on the podcast. No, I don't recommend it. But uh, there's a lot of question marks you know, concerning making a huge financial investment. And he probably has interest in coming home. He seems to represent Orlando uh, well. you know, pretty frequently. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the that's the fan consensus is let's bring Chandler Parsons in. My number one guy is still Nicholas Batum. Same, agreed. And that name is starting to get picked up by other local media who weren't looking at Batum. And it might get picked up by national folks here soon because and I feel like it might actually play a factor, but the Magic have quite a few French speakers on the team now. you got a little bit of a French connection going on as far as Vucevic, Fournier, now Ibaka, even though he plays for the Spanish national team, he still speaks French. It's one of his four languages. Um, you know, I think Batum, especially if you lay it out the way this team is now, if you put Batum at the three and you put Fournier at, at small at shooting guard and you have Ibaka at the power forward spot, I think that's a top four, top three East team right then and there. Um, maybe there's a debate as far as who do you, who's a go-to guy, a go-to scorer, but I think we've seen of late that it's Fournier as far as crunch time goes, and Vucevic is more than capable of doing it. You don't need a Baca to take any crazy shots. Um, Batum is kind of there more for defense, more for, for just being a team guy. He gets the ball moving around. He improved that Charlotte team vastly, even though he had some injury issues again there, but... I'm willing to take the risk of his health and just throw the max at him. Yeah, I think so too. And then we talk again about so many teams with cap space and a lot of teams targeting Batum. What you know? Do do we have enough clout to get a meeting with him? Yes. Do yes. we have enough clout to you know have the Magic be high on his priority list? I'm not sure. So I'll give you a couple of second tier names. Uh, I'm going to say Kent Bazemore, and I'm going to say Joe Johnson as two Ooh, small Joe forwards, Jesus. Wow. Right. Uh, Seven-time All-Star Joe Jesus. Yeah. And and you don't need him to be ISO Joe of old. You just no. need him to be a cog. He played pretty well for Miami after he got out of the Brooklyn hellhole, you know, down the stretch last season. And then Kent Bazemore, too, uh, you know, really took off in Atlanta, entered the starting lineup, 3 and D kind of guy. I mean, guy. he brings I mean, the shooting that yeah, you want. Better, better than Batum. He brings shooting, the shooting. And Bazemore can stroke the basketball. Yeah, I think... I, I think that Bazemore's popularity amongst other teams is a little under the radar right now. I think he might actually be a more popular free agent than even Batum will become, um, but we'll see. I'm good with both of those. I feel like we're stealing our colleague Brian Sarah's list of, of prospects as far as that goes. Um, you know, I, I, I love Batum. I love the I, – I, I like Bazemore. I'm not in love with Bazemore. I feel like Bazemore could regress depending on the situation that he lands in. I feel like Batum can can go anywhere and he'll he'll fit in just fine. Um, I'm gonna throw in I'm gonna throw in a backup big for you. Okay. I'm gonna throw in Jordan Hill for you. Yep. As far as who or uh, actually no no screw it I'm gonna do Jan Mahinmi. But both of those guys they've they've played under Vogel. I think Jan Mahinmi as a potential backup, especially if if Zimmerman doesn't pan out and if like nobody if the Magic uh, don't like what they get out of either Smith or Deadman when they resign them. 
I think that um, Mahinmi could be a solid guy depending on what his price tag is. Yes, certainly Frank Vogel has the comfort level with him. Uh, you know, I think that the Magic are going to trade Vucevic, so I'll give you. Oh God! I'll please, give God, you a free agent big. Uh, Al Horford obviously is going to be the number one. Uh, you know, priority for all teams looking for a big and free agency. Myers Leonard. Myers oh, no. Leonard to come in. No, 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 no. Big time shooting. No. Shot blocking. No, yep. man. No. Myers Leonard. No. That's my big. That's a huge downgrade from Vooch, by the way. And he... also I want to throw into, let's talk Wesley Johnson and uh, Gerald Henderson, too. A couple of wings that are attainable for the Magic. Gerald Henderson, I just view him as a as a very poor man's Aaron Aflalo, and I feel like we're kind of hidden similar territory. I mean, I guess Aaron Aflalo on this team now wouldn't be bad right. coming off the bench, but um, I don't see that happening. Um, I'm not a big Gerald Henderson fan. I, I think that I, I just don't like him here. Wesley Johnson, I could get behind though. Yeah, you know, he really shot the ball shot the ball well for the Clippers. They moved him into the starting lineup to replace the struggling Paul Pierce last year. And he's a lanky 3-and-D wing who, you know, again, not going to do anything great, but another cog in the machine. Yeah, and I mean, look, he's not going to steal minute, too many minutes from guys like Aaron Gordon or Mario Hazonia, so I'm, I'm, on, I'm on board with that. I got no problem with that, especially if you can't get a guy like Batum. Yeah. Um, then you just kind of build up your wing depth for, for a year, and then you go again in 2017, maybe go for that guy. Um, I'm going to throw a backup point guard at you because – I'm hoping for a bounce back year from C.J. Watson. Right. He just had that really bizarre calf injury, and I don't know if it's going to plague him again next year. I don't know. Um, you know, Shabazz Napier, they might they might waive him, and I didn't talk about him earlier. But yeah, I they think, will. I think Napier is going to get waived. So yeah. um, I think the Magic do need – maybe they need a, a like a 36-year-old point guard. I don't know. Um, I don't know if Kirk Heinrich's available. I, I couldn't tell you on that. Somebody get Andre Miller on the line. Yeah, I think Andre Miller might want to keep going, but on a championship team. I'm going to throw Jeremy Lin's name out there. I'm going to throw another Hornets player at you, and I, I think that Lin, on a decent enough deal, I don't know what that deal would yeah. be, $8 million, $9 million, $10 million. That's decent in my mind. He's capable of just changing the pace of a game. You got Alfred Payton style. I love Alfred Payton style, but Lynn can kind of turn it up a different notch. He can he can be more of a pro scoring type of guy. Yeah, I like Lynn a lot. Um, it's funny because I mean people were talking about like how his percentages like sucked a couple years ago or whatnot, but I think he'd fit well here on this team. And he's not really a defensive liability, especially against second units. I think he's fine. Um, I'm good with Jeremy Lynn and. I remember a couple of years ago when we were going, when we were attending his spectators magic games, where the, there was that Asian gentleman who had the magic uh, Lin Sanity jersey. <laughs> I think it was number seventeen he was wearing. If he still got it in his closet, out again. He, I hope that guy whips it out because um, I think Lin would would be would work here. Um, I think you make a really good point, and I he's going to try. Let's let's be honest. He was on a bargain basement deal last year. I think he's going to try and squeeze every last cent he can get out of this contract, but. You could play him with Alfred Payton off the ball. He can catch and attack. He can catch and shoot. And you can certainly play him with Evan Fournier and Mario Hazonia, and he can play, make, and create for them too. So it'd be a really interesting fit. Yeah, and I mean, he he played a big role in that Charlotte team being as good of a team as it was. Obviously, Batum helped a ton. Yeah. But I mean, Kemba was was great. Kemba Walker was great for them for the majority of the season. But in spurts where he wasn't doing so well, Lynn just took over, and yeah. so. 
Um, do you have another free agent maybe you want to mention? Any any other thoughts maybe on the draft or what the Magic... You want to trade Vucevic, which I, I hate you for. So I don't... I want to preface it by saying I don't want to trade Vucevic. Okay. I think he's the... He's the best asset the Magic have right now. Yeah, he's he's the best player on the roster at the most affordable contract. Even rate. though it's the still the highest price right. contract at the moment right. at under twelve million. So uh, unlucky for him that he signed the extension prior to the cap exploding. Now, if we don't move him, then we do need a backup big. I'm going to throw a name out at you. you know, a lot of people are talking about a Lance Stevenson reclamation project in Orlando. I I'm going to say no to that. What about Roy Hibbert as a backup center to try and reclaim his career and and reuniting with Frank Vogel? What what do you think that would cost? If I could get him at a Deadman contract, five six million, sign me up. I I'd give him a shot, especially if it's it make it like a like a one and a one and a one team option type right. of thing. Yeah. If, if he'd accept that, I I don't know how far his value has fallen though. It's fallen a lot, but has it fallen that much? I don't know. Maybe he sees Vogel as an opportunity, like you said, to go back. Maybe Vogel kind of brings back the magic of what he had a couple years ago. Um, Just like Lynn took a cheap contract in Charlotte and rebuilt his value, maybe Ray Hibbert comes here on a one-and-one make-good deal and then goes back out to test free agency again next year. Yeah, I mean... Damn it, that that sounds pretty logical, Do you think Ray Hibbert is a better fit than a Jordan Hill? Yes, Jordan right. Hill, yeah, I think Jordan Hill is very limited. You just have him there as a body, basically. Same as Jan Mahimi, to right. be honest. Roy Hibbert has the size, and he has still the tools to, to give you something. He can give you 10 minutes, and that's all and, you want and 10 he, minutes. he played some of his best basketball next to a David West, and granted, Ibaka is not a, a brute enforcer like David West, but it's the same kind of mid-range skill set that would complement each other, I think, you know, and I think, as front-court I mean, partner. And I think Aaron Gordon's, you know, he's going to get a lot of minutes at power forward, small forward, just like Hazonia will get minutes at shooting guard and, and small forward. I think Aaron Gordon's speed can kind of actually open it up a little bit for Hibbert, too. He can kind of cover ground that, frankly, Hibbert doesn't want to cover when it's not a couple feet from the rim. So I'm down with it. I think Hibbert and Lynn, and then let's go get Batum, and boom, yeah. there we go. The, I think the beauty of the Serge Ibaka acquisition and resigned Fournier, of course, is yeah. that it makes the Magic, I wouldn't say a free agent destination, but it signals to the rest of the league that it's worth taking a chance to come here, and it gives us a lot more options to go out and, and construct the rest of our roster. It's going to make free agency really exciting. Yeah, um, so that's going to do it for this version of the podcast. We are absolutely thrilled. I, well, I'm quite thrilled about the Baca trade maybe it's still a wait and see approach as far as how that goes but I think Rob Hennigan made a, a ballsy move a necessary move and a move that's going to work out and uh, as far as uh, how, how we'll go moving forward I'm going to be in Greece for two weeks so Spencer Enjoy it. you get to hold the fort down uh, we won't have a podcast till I get back hopefully from my trip in in, in one fun piece maybe I won't want to come back I don't know it could be a hell of a two weeks but you're going to be at summer league uh, enjoy enjoy watching uh, some of the Magic prospects. Um, it's going to be fun seeing all the conversations that coaches and front office folks have with each other. And you know, you can follow us on Twitter. Um, the Magic Basketball Online Story Only Feed is mad, at Magic MBO. What's your Twitter handle, Spencer? Still at Spencer Strode. And I'm at Papa Giorgio MBO. 
Again, we appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. We appreciate any reviews, positive, negative, you can leave for us. Uh, We just appreciate you guys subscribing and listening. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and we look forward to seeing uh, the Magic making some enormous uh, signings. Safe travels, buddy. Have fun, and let's talk free agency when you get back. Absolutely. Take care. Let's go, 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 let's go